This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. NFL Week 5 today. We have a little baseball. Later on in the show, we're going to have from the Minnesota Twins, Mr. Nelson Cruz, six-time All-Star. And we're also going to obviously speak about the Week 6 gambling picks. But before we get started with Week 5 in the NFL, let's get started with this. Triangle Inc., Triangle Ink is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at triangleink.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Vergona Cranes, located at 180 West Forest Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, Vergona Cranes operates 24 hours a day, providing crane rentals, trucking services, and warehousing for storage. Vergona Crane services the New York and New Jersey area. Call them at 201-945-7209 or on their website at vergonacrane.com. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at paramusdrivingschool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Week 5 in the NFL, a week that was a little better than week 4, and a week that brought us, you know, as a father of an athlete, I hated watching that Prescott injury, and we're going to start in Dallas, in that Dallas Giants game. Dallas 37-34 over the Giants with a late field goal, but as the father of an athlete or two athletes, you know, to watch young guy like Prescott get hurt always, always bothers you while you're watching the game. You know, um, I've been hard on, on Dak Prescott, very critical on him as far as the amount of money that he wants to be the, the Cowboys quarterback, because I just don't believe that in a salary sport, you can afford to pay someone the type of money that he wants who's not an elite level, doesn't matter who's around me type of player. But the fact is that Dak Prescott is a good football player and the Cowboys are going to miss him. Now look, Andy Dalton, who's going to take over for the rest of the year, is probably going to end up with the same record that the Cowboys would have ended up with. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys any different. The Cowboys will run the ball more with Dalton, which I think they got away from with Prescott. That will help the defense. You know, a couple of years ago, the Cowboys had a really good defense with not really much of a different personnel. And it was just because the offense was always on the field. If the defense is never on the field, then you know what? They'll be fine. So Dalton will help. Dalton's been a guy who's been a starter in this league. And he's been, he's won a lot of games. Guy who took Cincinnati to the playoffs five times. They'll be fine with Andy Dalton. They'll be fine. The Giants, look, the Giants hung in there. And they led 17-3. They took the lead late uh, before the Cowboys 
came back and 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 ended up obviously winning the game. They scored 34 points, which is the most that they've scored. It was almost the most combined that they scored the first four weeks. At the end of the day, Danny Penny's the same thing. 200, barely got over 200 yards, zero touchdowns, a big fumble, which, look, sometimes you can't blame these quarterbacks for these fumbles, but the problem is it keeps on happening to him. He's played 18 games in the NFL. 17 of them, he's had a turnover. That's a problem. C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys continues to produce. Eight for 124. And I guess the the, the thing that Dallas is going to have to now start prepping for in the future is that Prescott contract. I'm sure they're glad they didn't sign it. Prescott's going to come back. But this might end up working out in the Cowboys' favor because they're probably going to end up signing Prescott. But maybe now they get a more team-friendly deal. Dallas is home next week on Monday night to Arizona before going on the road to Washington and Philadelphia. Thursday night, the Bucks got beat by the Bears 20 to 19 in a game that I told you guys while we were going over the picks for the for the for the following week that teams on Thursday night struggle on the road. And the Bucs were no difference. They only put up 19 points. And if they could have scored one more time during the course of the game, the Bears were not going to beat them. The Bears are struggling to score themselves. They're getting marginal quarterback play from Foles right now. I mean, he ended up with 243 yards, a touchdown. He had an interception. Um, But the Bears really can't muster up any offense. They only had... 35 yards rushing in the entire game. So they weren't going to score much, but the Bucs, you know, just could not do much. Brady went for 253, a touchdown. At the end of the game, lost track of the downs, made a pass, thinking it was third down when it was fourth down. He he claims it wasn't. We know it was. Gronkowski finally made a little bit of an impact, three catches for over 50 yards. Ronald Jones went over 100 for the Bucs. Um, look, the Bears are 4-1. and one. Their next four games are against teams that are 13-5. and five. That could be an issue for them as they begin to jockey for a playoff spot. But if they can get a 2-2 two and two out of this and be 6-3 and three out of this stretch, they're going to be in a pretty good spot. Tampa's 3-2, and two and they, they're home next week to Green Bay, which is going to be a phenomenal game. I'm excited to to speak about that when I look at the lines later on. The only thing is that they do get Green Bay um, off their buy, so that 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 could that could help in their in, in Green Bay's favor. The Panthers went on the road and beat the Falcons 23 to 16 in a game where Teddy Bridgewater did Teddy Bridgewater things. 313 for two touchdowns, nothing spectacular. He never is. But he's always solid, always consistent, always gives you a chance to win. Robbie Anderson, you think the Jets could use him? (laughs) Eight for 112. uh, Continues to be a a, a pretty good playmaker for the Panthers. Matt Ryan, he must have thought it was Halloween already because he did his early impersonation of Danny Penny's. He went for 226 and one interception. Gurley for Atlanta came back and helped big time. 14 touches, 121 and a touchdown. Ridley bounced back for Atlanta. 
It was good to see him bounce back. He went for for eight catches in a buck 36 a week after being shut out. Um, after the game, the Falcons fired Dan Quinn. They fired the GM, uh, Thomas Dimitrov. And listen, it couldn't have come any faster. That should have happened a long time ago. Atlanta's got too much talent to be playing as bad as they are. Carolina now can win two of the next three games they have. They do have the Bears at home, a game that is a 50-50 game. And then they're at the Saints, and then they play the Falcons again. So at 3-2 and two, and with some winnable games, the, 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 the Panthers are going to stay in this for a little bit. The Raiders basically shocked everyone this weekend and killed a lot of suicide pulls, I'm sure, by beating the Chiefs 40-32. to 32. Mahomes went for 340, two touchdowns, one interception, but he really only completed just about 50% of his passes. He was not sharp. Don't let the stats fool you here. He was not sharp. Uh, The Raiders did a good job of confusing them, especially out of the half when they controlled... uh, they controlled the, the, the Chiefs' offense. Carr outplayed him. Make no mistakes about that. Carr outplayed him. 347, three touchdowns, one interception. Josh Jacobs ran for 77 yards and two touchdowns. The Raiders held the Chiefs to 80 yards rushing. That in itself made it very easy for them to basically defend the back end because they really weren't worried about the Chiefs really running the ball. Ruggs had two big catches for the Raiders. Uh, It seemed like between him and C.D. Lamb, the Alabama connection just going crazy, uh, the Alabama-Oklahoma connection going crazy there. Ruggs with two catches for 118 and a touchdown. The Raiders have a bye. Then they have the Bucs on Sunday night. So that'll be... Good. The uh, Tampa Bay's got Green Bay and the Raiders back to back. And then the Raiders are at the Browns and at the Chargers. So that'll be interesting. Now the Raiders have a chance again to 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 be really uh a, a player as the playoff shapes uh, as the playoff picture takes shape in the AFC. The Jets. And look. <laughs> The, the Jets lose to the Cardinals 30-10, to 10, but let's start here. The Jets are terrible, man. The Jets are terrible. I, don't, I think the only more embarrassing thing than the Jets play right now is the fact that I've picked them two times in my Sergio Rodriguez picks, which, by the way, were 15-10, and 10, but two of those 10 are the Jets. The Jets. The Jets are terrible. The Jets are just impossible to watch impossible to watch Kyler Murray went for 380 on them one touchdown and one interception Hopkins big game six catches for 131 the only bright spot for the Jets was probably Crowder who was able to find the the end zone one time and 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 went over 100 yards receiving on like seven or eight catches the Jets are going to be 0-10 before they play the Dolphins and the Raiders and that's that's just bad. That's just I mean, look, I, I I'm as I was watching the game, I just sat there and I just shook my head. I, I I just can't believe that an NFL team that practices every day is that bad. 
Arizona's at Dallas on Monday night next weekend. The Steelers 38-29 over the Eagles. And look, like the same story of every week with the Eagles. I got to give them credit. They just figure out a way to compete. And not only are they competing, but Wentz isn't even playing well. You know, Wentz has not gone over 300 yards passing this year. Not one time in five games. Uh, on Sunday, 258, two touchdowns, another two interceptions. He's thrown nine interceptions this year and only six touchdown passes. That's going to be an issue because that team, the margin for error is so slim and he just keeps on putting them in some bad situations. Big Ben, three touchdown passes, all three to the Notre Dame product, uh, Chase Claypool, who also scored one on the ground, four touchdowns for Claypool. Uh, big kid, 6'4", 230. I mean, just an impressive kid. Um, I don't even think Notre Dame can 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 score four touchdowns in one game against a normal team in college, and Claypool's doing it by himself in the NFL. The Steelers' next three games are against teams that are 11-1. The Browns, the Titans, and the Ravens. So that's going to be injured. The, 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 the Titans, who were actually up 14-7 when, uh, when we were filming the show uh, right now, when we started filming the show. So that, that could be 12-1 by the time this is over. The Eagles are home to Baltimore, which is probably going to be a loss. Then they're home to the Giants and the Cowboys. The Rams went to Washington and beat them 30-10. to the Rams are off to a 4-1 start, and Goff, listen, 309, two TDs, one touchdown. They weren't great, but against the Redskins these days, you don't have to be great. <laughs> the Redskins started Kyle Allen at quarterback. He got knocked out after just 74 yards passing. They brought in Alex Smith. Congratulations, by the way, to Alex Smith, a guy who has had over 15 surgeries on his leg after being out of football, a bunch of years, came in. He only threw for 37 yards. I, I don't believe he's ready to play football. If I were him, I would retire. I think that he did what he needed to do by coming back and fulfilling that. But I think that, you know, you have the rest of your life to live. If I were Alex Smith, I would probably move on. You have plenty of money, and you and you, and you were a really good quarterback in this league for many years. The... The team formerly known as the Redskins had 38 yards rushing and 149 yards rushing uh, total offense. That is pitiful. Pitiful. And they still haven't announced who the quarterback for their week six game against the Giants is. The Rams go to the 49ers and the, and the Giants host the Redskins. The Ravens 27-3 over the Bengals in a game where Joe Burrow finally played like a rookie. I mean, he just did 183, one interception and a fumble, and he was sacked seven times. Now, this is probably the most important take from this game because Joe Burrow right now is on pace for like 70 sacks this year. 70, I said. 7-0. 70. They're going to have to protect this kid or they're going to be out their number one draft pick before he plays two years. Lamar Jackson, 182 touchdowns in an interception. The Ravens, basically, with their 1984 Nebraska Cornhusker game plan, 
You know, play defense, rush the ball for a buck 61 and only throw it for 180. That's the formula, but that formula only works against the Bengals of the world. Uh, the Ravens play at the Eagles before the showdown with Pitt. The thing with the Eagles is, can you catch them looking ahead? That'll be that'll be an interesting take. I'm very interested in seeing what the line for that game is. The Saints on Monday night beat the Chargers 30-27, to and the Chargers just invent ways to lose games. I mean, they just make them up. It's almost like they say, hey, how are we going to lose today? And then they show up and try to do that. They missed a field goal at the end of regulation that has plenty of leg, hits the upright, and bounces out. Bounces out. Uh, with a kicker who's really good. You know, Badgley is a really good kicker. The Saints saved their chances at winning the division by winning this game. Um, Justin Herbert, 264, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, continues to show that he is going to be just an elite-level player in this league. I mean, the first touchdown pass that he threw, he rolled right and threw the ball 30 yards off one foot, a dime to Keenan Allen. The Chargers blew a 20-3 lead, and they had plenty of chances to win this game. The Saints were not sharp. Breeze, good enough at times, but still at times showing his age. I'm going to make a prediction right now, though. The Chargers will win their next five games. I'm calling it. They play the Jaguars at Denver, the Raiders at Miami, and the Jets. I'm calling it right now. Bookmark it. The Chargers win their next five games. The Texans beat the Jaguars 30-14. to Congratulations to Deshaun Watson for $39 million. You finally got your team one win. 359, three touchdowns sound good. But the two interceptions, even when he's good, he still leaves you wanting more. For $39 million, he's going to have to do more. Brandon Cooks, eight catches for 161 and a touchdown. Minshew, you know, they told us they found their quarterback and I was a little skeptical, but Minshew, 301, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's 10-4 and four this year. Touchdown and interceptions. You know, he's playing well. Texans are at the Titans and at home to the Packers the next couple of weeks. So let's see, Deshaun. One and six is looking really mighty juicy for you. Miami, 43-17 to 17 over the 49ers in a game that... The 49ers finally, it looks like the injuries finally caught up with them. But I think what caught up to them the most is the lack of quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo, the more I watch him, the more I realize he's another one that robbed the organization. Jimmy G is part of the major issues that the 49ers are going to have this year moving forward. And moving forward, if they keep him after this year. They took him out of the game, said he wasn't healthy, Shanahan said. To me, he was benched. But the defense is not playing well right now. Like I mentioned, the quarterback play with Jimmy G is not good. The only thing right now that the 49ers can rely on is Raheem Moser, who, by the way, is just playing phenomenal football. On the other side, Fitzpatrick, 353 touchdowns. 
I should have picked him up in fantasy. I, I just knew he was going to have a pretty good game. And uh, I didn't. I ended up playing Carr as my backup because I have Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers had to buy. Um, Fitzpatrick, 353 touchdowns, like I said. Preston Williams, a kid who I really liked in his second year. Last year, Williams showed a lot of promise as a rookie. I think Williams went to Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Kid who came in, a lot of promise. Big kid. He had four catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. The 49ers schedule is really hard. It's next seven games. And they're already two and three. They have the Rams at the Patriots, at Seattle, Green Bay, at the Saints, at the Rams, and then the Bills. I don't know if the 49ers survived that, especially with the quarterback play that they're getting. Conversely, the Dolphins can win their next seven games. I think they're only going to lose one to the Chargers. But they have the Jets, the Rams at home, at Arizona, the Chargers in a game I think they're going to lose, at Denver, at the Jets in Cincinnati. I mean, the Dolphins could make a little run here, which means that the longer they keep on winning, you're probably not going to get Tua. The Browns 32-23 over the Colts. And Baker Mayfield, 247, two touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, he's not throwing for many yards, but he's 9-4 and four on the year. He's doing enough for them to, to win. They just continue to run the ball. Without Chubb, they continue to run the ball. Hunt was great. They got a pick six in this game. Uh, at 20-10, to 10, they got a pick six from Phillip Rivers, who, by the way, looks like he's holding this team back in a major way. Phillip Rivers, four touchdowns, five interceptions. They better win the next two games, or I'm calling it right now. Jacoby Brissett will replace Phillip Rivers. They are at home to Cincinnati and then on the road to Detroit. In a game that was a... One of the picks, one of the Sergio Rodriguez picks for this week, we gave you the Vikings plus seven. Seattle beat them 27-26, and the game essentially came down to Minnesota going for a fourth and one from the five-yard line going in, up five. They decide not to kick the field goal, and you know what? I'm not going to kill them on this. I agree. I agree with this call because if you get that first down, the game is over. If you can't get a yard to end the game, then you deserve the outcome that happened, and that was that they lost. And look, the only reason why I'm going to be okay with that is because they had 200 yards rushing in this game. Cook was phenomenal early, got hurt. Madison came in, went over 100 himself. So the fact that Wilson drove them, you know, 94 yards after, put the ball in the end zone on a, on, on a fourth and goal pass to Metcalf. I, I'm not going to blame the Vikings. I, they did the right thing. They could have gone up eight. I still believe Wilson's going to drive them down. In that situation, like I said, you've been rushing the ball for 200 yards the whole game. If you can't get a, a yard, you deserve to lose. Wilson wasn't sharp. 217, he did throw for three touchdown passes and an interception, but he was not sharp, especially in the first half. The Vikings dominated the game. They probably should have been up more um, when the second half started, and then they let up a run of 21 points and came back and took the lead again. Um, 
You know, Wilson did run for 58 yards in his game. He had 275 all Saquon yards. So that was good for him in terms of, you know, doing enough to win. We're just so used to him being Superman. Seattle's 5-0. and and, and look, when I look at their schedule, they're going to win 12 or 13 games. They still have six, all six of the division games. Three of those at home, you know they're going to They're probably going to go four and two in the, in the divisional games. And the schedule's not hard. They are going to do damage. And they're probably going to be the number one seed the way it looks right now in the NFC. The Bills are playing the Titans tonight in a game that got rescheduled because of the COVID situation in the Titans uh, locker room and or in the organization. And like I mentioned earlier, they were up 14-7. When I saw that line was the Bills giving three on the road, I love the Titans, especially with the two and a half weeks off. Lusimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lusimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113. J.J. Farber and Lotman, providers of wholesale insurance at competitive rates for small and medium businesses. Go to JJFL.com or get an instant quote by calling 844-502-8923. M&J Luxury Inc. For the most unique experience in the medical transportation business, call M&J. Located in New York City with over 1,000 cars at your disposal, call them at 718-278-2222 or at 914-484-7264. You know, Major League Baseball is down to four teams. Tampa and Houston playing in the American League and the Dodgers in Atlanta playing in the National League. And let's start, let's start in the American League where Tampa is off to a 2-0 lead in the series. And realistically, the offense hasn't really been a problem for Houston. Although they haven't scored many runs, they do have 19 hits. I just don't know how Houston's going to be able to pitch in a seven-game series without really a go-to guy like Verlander. Uh, when Tampa can keep on bringing guys out of the bullpen and just continuously attack you with different guys. Tampa now up 2-0. I don't know if Houston's got the pitching to win four out of the next five. Tampa only got four hits, by the way, in, in game two. Uh, but one of them was a three-run homer. So go figure there. Atlanta is up 1-0 in the series after winning game one. And they're up 6-0 in game two. Now, a couple of storylines here. Bueller threw uh, 100 pitches in five innings in game one for the Dodgers. Leaves the game with a blister, although 100 pitches really is the max right now for most of these guys. Um, so I, you don't expect them to go any further than that. The Dodgers need length. They just don't have the bullpen 
to be able to play against an offensive team like the, the Braves with their bullpen. And now Kershaw was scratched from game two because of back spasms. And as you can see, they're already down 6 nothing in that game. I just do not know. I just do not know how they're going to be able to survive in this, in this series with this bullpen. It's shaping up as an Atlanta and uh, Tampa World Series. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Commons Suite G106, is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has over 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one car service in the New York City area by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or at 844-666-6272. Sponsoring the Sergio Rodriguez gambling picks or portion of this show because the picks will be out on Instagram on Thursday or Friday. But sponsoring the gambling portion of this program is Stan Sports Center, one of the oldest and most recognized sporting goods stores in New Jersey, located on Washington Street in Hoboken and Saddlebrook. Stan's has been recognized as a historical institution. Call Stans at 201-773-6891 or on their website at stansportsctr.com. Week six in the NFL. And we start in Carolina, where Carolina is a two and a half point favorite over the Bears. That's an interesting line. That's an interesting line. The Bears are 4-1, and one, but the Bears haven't been getting respect from Vegas. They just have not. Remember, they were an underdog, if I'm not mistaken, to Atlanta, who was undefeated, and it was the first time where an undefeated team had been a favorite over, a fa over a, 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 an unbeaten team that early in the year, or 3-0, 0-3 versus 3-0. It was, it was something like that. But the, but the point is that Atlanta, uh, the Bears are just not getting any respect from Vegas, and this is the same thing here. Detroit is a 3.5-point favorite on the road at Jacksonville. If that, guy, if that line goes to 3, bet Jacksonville. Minnesota's a 3.5-point favorite at home over Atlanta in a game where both teams are going to need to win. Let's see what kind of jolt Atlanta gets from the coaching change. Tennessee is going to be a five-and-a-half-point favorite over, over Houston. That line could vary because Tennessee's still playing. You really don't know how it is. There's no total even out on that game, but the early line in Vegas right now has it at five-and-a-half. The Giants are a three-point favorite at home against Washington in a game where I don't know how many points are going to be scored in that game because... Both both teams are going to struggle to score. Uh, the Giants, 
Look, they're a three-point favorite, as they should. They're at home. That's the traditional three-point. But what Vegas is telling you is that both these teams are even. If this game was in Washington, it'd probably be flipped. Pittsburgh is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Cleveland. And that's going to be probably the most interesting game on the board in terms of ramifications on Sunday. Because obviously on Monday, we're going to have Kansas City-Buffalo. We'll get to that one. But on Sunday, that game is, is going to be, in my opinion, the marquee game. Baltimore is on, is on the road at Philadelphia, a 7.5-point favorite on the road. Baltimore will win. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Indianapolis is a 7.5-point favorite at home against Cincinnati. What that's telling me is, they're begging you to bet Cincinnati because Indianapolis hasn't been good enough offensively this year to give anybody seven and a half points. Green Bay's on the road at Tampa. I'm going to tell you right now, looking at this line, Green Bay's a one and a half point favorite. Tampa's going to be a Sergio special. The Rams are a three and a half point favorite in San Francisco. If that line goes to three, I love 49ers. If it goes higher, the Rams are probably the play. Miami's an eight and a half point favorite at home against the Jets. Seems like a lot of points in this kind of rivalry, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to bet the Jets. I'm not going to give the Jets in my, in my picks this week. New England is an eight and a half point favorite at home against Denver. You know, I would probably stay away from this game because I don't even know if anyone knows what you're going to get. You know, the, the, the fact about this game is that both teams have been off for so long that you don't even know what's going to go on. Arizona travels to Dallas next week on, on Monday night, and they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm telling you right now, the Cowboys are a lock. Lock them up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Lock them up. Lock them up. The game of the week is going to be Kansas City traveling to Buffalo as a three-point favorite. And if this line stays this way, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, Buffalo will give the Chiefs a two-game losing streak. Joining us today is a six-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger from the Minnesota Twins, Mr. Nelson Cruz. Nelson, how are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm doing good. Great, 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 Nelson. Nelson, I, listen, the first thing I have to ask you, <laughs> being from warm weather Dominican Republic, is how are you handling the cold weather in Minnesota? Well, I mean, if you ask me early in my career, yeah, that was difficult. I think we all used to now. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I played in Seattle and we're yeah listen speaking about earlier in your career take me back to texas um you know coming coming to into the big leagues and going to texas speak to me about your time in texas um and almost winning a world series there you know the whole where, where you actually became the superstar that you are now well, like any kid, you know, we had dreams, and 
when you come to the big leagues, you figure out, oh, this is harder than what I thought, you know? And that was my case. Uh, it took me some time to figure everything out and uh, want to start being myself, you know? Um, that's when I started being successful and when I started putting the numbers, like I can say, in, in, in the league for a while. Um, but early years, you know, those are the ones you want to score and, and learn the most you can. And, and that was that was the case for me. How how hard was it to get so close to winning that title, and you know that disappointment of not winning? How long did that stay with you? Well, as far as you, you know, as far as we were, um, do and bad and bad, you know, they're not gonna stay with you. That's they're gonna be the way um, you're around in life, you know, and. To, to be that close to win everything, you know, and, and, and fell, uh, it's really disappointed. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to have another shot, you know, and that's my goal, so I can come back and every time that I have to be in the position, I try to take advantage of any opportunity that I have and uh, just to try to win everything, you know. I, I know how difficult it is to me. Um, early in my career, I went back to back years, and I thought it's going to be easy to win with series at one, one point. You leave Texas, you go to Baltimore, you bet on yourself on a one-year deal, you go for 40 and 108, and man, after that, it's you went to Seattle, it's been 44, 43, 39, I mean, you've been a machine as a, as a, not only as a home run hitter, but as a run producer how man, you're like wine, bro. You're getting better with age. How are you doing it? How do you? What do you do in the off season to keep your body uh, to be able to play with these young guys? Well, I mean, if you ask any player, you know, um, I don't think the, the body is the one to take you out of the game. You know, it starts to slow down, and once you figure out, like, like that's what I did, figure out um, what works out the good for myself and. Uh, what I need to rest, what kind of uh, diet I need to get, get into so my body stay on sharp for 160 uh, games and playoffs. So that's, that's been my case. I learned how to stay uh, healthy, um, how to uh, work the pack, and the most important thing is to be ready for, for any situation every single game. You know, I do um, my work every day, so when I come to that, you know, I'll be ready for anything that can throw to me. And thank God, the, the main thing is to, to stay healthy. You know, that, that, that's that's the, the key for any, any player. And thank God I'll be able to play um, the last few years a lot of games. Has it been easier to stay healthy because you, you moved from the outfield to, to, to a primary DH spot? Yeah, definitely. I help you with, with the last, you know, and that was my case. My husband, though, was was the one that was bothering me early in my career. Especially uh, in Texas, it was so hot. Um, I have a lot of issues with uh, dehydration. Uh, once I move up and, and learn what we need to do to stay fresh and um, stay healthy, especially with the issues that I have in the past, uh, once I figure out that, you know, I uh, start to play more games, and because you play more games, but the numbers going to be better because of that. Speak to me about this year and how difficult or how you guys figured it out, I should say. I shouldn't put words in your mouth. But 
How, let me ask it this way. Was this difficult this year to play these, these games in a condensed period of time? I mean, you still put up great numbers. I mean, you were on pace again for 40 and 100. I mean, you had 16 home runs and over 30 RBI. How was this year different, good, bad? You know, what was it for Nelson Cruz? Well, yeah, it was difficult for everybody, you know. Um, to play without fans, to play without, I guess, the part of the player now, you know, having your computer in the technology to go there and figure out um, about, about what you're doing on the play, you know, what the pitcher is doing, how the ball is moving uh, from, from the view of the one you want to make that adjustment. And... That was the hardest part, you know, but like I say, fans with fans without a fans, that was the, the hardest part of everything else. What, so you, you mentioned playing without fans. Um, take me back to that first game. How, how weird did that feel? Yeah, it was weird. I mean, we, we played those games, uh, Minneapolis, the summer card, and uh, that was, that was strange, you know, uh, and and then play actually games against other teams uh, even makes it more uh, weird, you know. Um, at least the playoff now, for the championship, they play with some fans, you know, that, that makes it more interesting. And at the end of the day, that's what's grateful for the fans, and they give you the extra blue, the extra energy that we need to perform at high level. Before we get into the fact that you won the, the 2020 Muhammad Ali humanitarian award which is just a phenomenal phenomenal award for baseball before i get into that let me ask you about the playoffs now they're down to four teams tampa and and uh, and houston in the al and and atlanta and the dodgers in the nl but speak to me a little about the tampa houston matchup how do you see that i mean as we speak tampa's up two nothing uh in the series um, speak. Tell me something about each one of these clubs. Um, yeah, they're all they're all pretty good, you know. Um, I guess Tampa great pitching, you know. And at the end of the day, pitching uh, is hitting, and uh, you see so far uh, the, the, the teams that have great pitching, especially the bullpen, are the ones who come up and I mean, all four teams right now, the ones that are playing, have phenomenal bullpen. And you see over and over that's the one who wins games. It was when you guys got into the playoffs this year. You know, I know there was a lot of pressure on the Twins. They have lost before you, obviously, but they, you know, they have this this consecutive losing streak. Does that go into your mind as a guy who came into a team with that, or or is it just part? It's just another baseball game, and it's it just it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you go back, you know, 60 games is a lot of games. You know, even if you want to do 60 games in a row, it's difficult to do. Um, and especially in baseball, and, and, and we probably we have better teams in Houston, and we don't win any of those games, you know. So it's, it's disappointing. At the end of the day, we as professionals, we know they always have to deal with pressure, and eventually it comes with the game. Um, we just have to focus on control, get control, and just play the game, you know. Uh, we, you know, get cut up and what happened yesterday, what happened two years ago and two years ago. 
You win the 2020 Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award, like I said earlier, for all the charitable work that you do. I mean, you are, I'll tell you, you, my guy Felipe Lopez in, 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 in basketball, you know, a former NBA player, does a lot for Dominican Republic, as do you. How special was that? Yeah, it was special. I wasn't, never thought to be recognized by um, that name and the next of the guy who was not, not only of the ring, but experience and medical work that he, he was doing um, and, and, and what he represents for uh, so many people. You know, he was always, always fighting for causes that uh, most people was afraid to fight for uh, regional justice and, and equity, you know. And all the player, you know, we do all the stuff without thinking that we're going to be recognized because we do because we think that's the right thing to do. And to be able to be recognized, you know, uh, it makes sense painful. And, and it makes you uh, keep working hard because the, 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 the things that you do in, in the right practice. Before I let you go, I got a couple of uh, a couple of questions that that I, I I always ask players when I speak to when I speak to you guys. I I like to know this because I like to I, I think everybody's got a different answer and a different thing that they look at. If I said to Nelson Cruz, "Who's the best player that you ever played with?" What would your answer be? Um, just Hamilton. Say that again. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, down the most powerful player that I played with, you know. Um, when he felt he, you know, it's remarkable what he can do in the field. Anything that you ask for a player to do it, it was the big running the still makes Make the play, throw people out, he's covered the power, whatever the thing will be, he'll do it. Who who's the best teammate that you've had? That guy that you just knew he was there for everybody. Didn't have to be the best player on the team, but that guy that just, you know, you felt great about having yeah, in your yeah, locker room. Yeah, because he was a really player for a lot of good, good guys, you know, and, and I'm not human beings the ones that care about you know. Um but I think Michael Jones hit to win a game and you can't have Nelson Cruz at the plate who do you want up <laughs> well I mean we have so many good players uh, but I will pick Juan Soto I'll tell you man Juan Soto Juan Soto's got electricity in his back yeah so he's close and just he's just a great hitter you know he doesn't play he's on it's funny you say Juan Soto and that's a guy that you really don't play against much 
because he's in in the National League. You know, do you watch? Well, I, mean, I, I, play against, I play against him last year, um, but before that, you know, I had a fun too. So, and especially for Dominicans, uh, I follow him. So he's the guy that I uh, have the chance to watch me. You know, it's funny because that's that was going to be my next question because, you know, when I when I when I spoke to a Rod about this, and you know, Alex is the kind of guy that will watch fifteen games if he could. You know, he does he he would play, go home and watch. But then I know a lot of other guys who don't know anything about baseball outside of their team. Like they don't watch baseball. They don't. You know, so you're a guy who actually goes home. You enjoy watching other players play. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan, like I said. So um, anything that I can do to help my game, you know, uh, we'll be watching games, you know, uh, watching film and, and learn from other players, you know. It doesn't matter who you are, if you left, you right, I can learn from something. Um, so every, every game that I can, you know, I'm watching um, not only that, but the the series or the pitching, maybe at some point I can face a guy and then know what to say. So, like I said, when you were growing up in Dominican Republic, who were you a fan of? Um, Bloody Well. And what about a team? Did you have a well, team? Um, Did you have a team I, that you followed? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the Xbox. You know, um, they have Pedro, they have Bloody, they have Michelle, so I followed them. Yeah, man, those teams. Though, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm like five years older than you, so I remember those teams well. Um, they had a lot. Delino De Shields was on those teams. That those teams, you know, Galarraga. Those teams were great back then. Yeah, I mean, those are uh, teams a hundred percent. You know, when I when I was a kid, every it seemed like everybody was a Toronto fan. Remember that? Because we had Tony Fernandez was there, Manny Lee, Alfredo Griffin, George Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does next year hold for 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 Nelson Cruz? Well, I mean, I, I got it. I got away. Um, into the workers over, and and he. Um, Nelson, thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time out to be with us today. Un abrazo, te aprecio, and in the future, man, the Sergio Rodriguez show is your home. Whatever time you need to promote something for charity, this is your home. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Nelson Cruz from the Minnesota Twins. And you've been listening to The Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. <laughs>